The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com. Empire. The big gyms are being forced to embrace the future. The studios are confined by, you know, the 30 people that can physically attend their class. So I was like, there must be a way that we can let people attend the class from all over the world with technology. You know, most people don't have access or time or money or live close to these great, you know, things that are so fit. That's Lauren Foundos, founder of the streaming technology company Forte, as they forge into the future of exercise. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Lauren Foundos played field hockey at the University of Maryland, a juggernaut collegiate program, and then found her way into an industry that wasn't quite as exciting, big finance. So she turned back into the field she loved, athletics, but found that her favorite gyms were not keeping up with the times, and she's aiming to change that. Our guest this week is the founder and the CEO of Forte, Lauren Foundos. Hey, Lauren, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Um, I don't know how to start any conversation without asking how's life amid a pandemic for you? Um, It's definitely been different. I live in New York City, so it's certainly been um, pretty interesting to, yeah, just to, to live here and see what's happening, obviously. You know, really sorry for all the people that have been affected. Um, you know, from a company perspective, it's certainly uh, supercharged the company as we never dreamed of a world where all the gyms would be closed. And, you know, that w- the only means to connecting to their community would be through streaming. So that's certainly been exciting from a business perspective um, to be able to, you know, help as many gyms connect and stay, you know, in business as possible and, and obviously to keep people as fit as possible. So this has certainly been um, yeah, very intense in terms of, you know, very busy with work, but, um, you know, obviously not the, not the way that we like to, to, uh, you know, see people getting on board with streaming, but obviously here to help. Um, so take me back pre pandemic, what the vision of the company was. Yeah. So basically we set out, you know, we, we, we saw what Peloton was doing, you know, we realized obviously the power of technology and the studios are confined by, you know, the 30 people that can physically attend their class. So I was like, there must be a way that we can let people attend the class from all over the world with technology. You know, most people don't have access or time or money or live close to these great, you know, things that are so fit. So that was kind of the original vision was how do we give everybody the ability to take advantage of these amazing things and stay healthy with, with technology. And so we really set out then to develop this proprietary uh, hardware and software. And that's really our bread and butter and kind of differentiator. So if you want to live stream, you could build a TV production studio like Peloton has done or like NBC uses, or you can use, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and Zoom. And that's the other end of the spectrum. So we really set out to, to 
solve something that would create a high quality production with a low cost. And so what we what we've developed is we install, you know, three to five cameras in a studio, we hardwire them into the walls and we put a server there on site. And then that server operates as a producer. So it'll mix between multiple camera angles, mix the audio and music of the trainer and and set off the streams on its own and, and fully automated. So the gym has to do nothing, but they can broadcast and have, you know, a high quality production like Peloton. So that's what we really um, set out to do and, and give them the ability to have the ability to create a digital product without having to have producers and a whole tech team and all that stuff. And so that was really our goal. And we started out building a marketplace. So a place where all those studios can stream to one place. And then we have monthly and annual subscribers. But then we also realized that the biggest gyms and many of them also want their own products. So we just started doing white labeling um, from the digital. So end to end, we install the cameras. And then we also give you a platform that you skin and make uh, look like your own. So we're really excited about this. Streaming was, you know, priority number three for every gym. Peloton has really done a service to them seeing that, you know, the magnitude of what that can be. And then obviously since the virus, it's now gone to number one because it's the only means of them communicating to their members while, while their gyms have been closed. So do I end up being essentially a member of a lot of different gyms through this? And you know what I mean by that, that I, I can't yeah. physically go to all of them, but am I kind of accessing all of these different gyms? So on the Forte platform, you are. So we have a Forte marketplace where you get access to all these different gyms from Miami, Boston, Salt Lake City, New York, you know, all over the place, running, spinning, yoga, all different types. And then on the other end of the spectrum is a white label. So let's say you go to, you know, a large gym franchise, they, they would have their own platform and you would get access to that through through your gym membership. So there's the white label service where, where the gym collects the revenue and then, then we, they, you know, we charge them. And so you may be a member of a gym that has streaming and, and that would be how you access it or through Forte. Then you have access to basically like a Netflix hub of, of a lot of content. Huh. Um, let yep. me go back to the, the setup of the production, which um, yep. you described has no tech here involved. So I, I get the hard wiring and you've got this set up for each gym. Um, yep. is it working by AI? How does it know how to switch? What, how was it putting the production together? Yeah. So we work with the gym basically to figure out what they're going to do. You know, the classes aren't a free for all. They're pretty militant. It's like a Broadway show. The same thing happens yeah. every time they warm up, you know, so we can automate that. So we work with them to figure out the different classes. We set the automation for the various classes. And then we also, once the trainers talk into the mic, we know the decibels of their voice. And so that's not a change. You know, we don't need somebody moving the dials up and down and DJing the thing. We know exactly what's going to be what every time. So we can set automation for all of that stuff. And then let's say the class was set to go off at 12 o'clock. They would simply schedule it on a calendar. And at 12 o'clock, our automation that we call our Autobot turns on all five cameras, live produces that specific class for that time, and then shuts itself off at the end of class. So everything is streamed live and then available on demand within seconds later. So mm. the gym has to do nothing. They don't need to have producers. The Peloton cameras are fixed on the wall. They don't move. They don't zoom. They just rotate around. You know, they have a lot of people monitoring a production, but, but ultimately, um, you know, that's obviously very cost intensive. They've raised a billion dollars. So we have set out to give people the ability to have that high quality production, you know, without having to have all the producers there to do it because, you know, a gym changed with, with a thousand locations, their business model is their gym, but they also have 4 million members. Right. And, and so that's a big audience to be able to give their content to. So we want to be able to give them the ability to do that with ease and obviously, you know, not have to raise all that money and kind of, you know, spend all that money to make it work. The great thing too, is they, like I said, these places already have huge communities. They have thousands, if not millions of members in some cases. So, you know, Peloton is 
built a brand and identity and a community from the start. Whereas these, it's the opposite, right? They already have the community, the brick and mortar, and now they're just giving them the digital. So it's really exciting because the magnitude of these deals is, is very large. Um, is obviously you've mentioned Peloton a few times. In Peloton's case, yep. you you can watch their classes. You can you can stream their classes as well. How, how do you kind yep. of compete with with that? Yeah, so we're not, we don't see them as competition. We, we see it as a, just done a great service for the market. It's really, you know, um, helped the consumer understand this concept of being able to compete with, you know, a class or take a class from a great studio in New York City kind of thing. And so it's really done a service to, to that. And obviously for us also awaken the invest, investors to the size of the opportunity, um, being that they IPO'd at $8 billion and now I think are getting valued at $13 billion a couple of weeks later. So that's been a great service. I think we're not competing with them. We're basically giving all the gyms the ability to be able to have digital products like that. So in essence, you know, I guess they're competing with them, but you know, for us, it's more of a, we're more of a SaaS white label solution um, behind the scenes. That's, that's giving them that ability. They already have members. They already have captive members of their communities. And so they're just now enabling them to engage with them more through digital. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I, it's just, I wonder, it's interesting because you know, my, my wife has used workout routines before, the people who are in it almost become star-like. I mean, they're, they're modern. Yeah. You know, so this is, that, that's another dynamic that I find interesting here too, is is that do the gyms see the, I guess they do, but like, do they see the value of trying to compete with what will be well-known people who are teaching similar fitness uh, regimens? For sure. I think it's funny. Once the trainers work at a gym where they stream to go back to a gym where they don't, where it's just like, you know, the 20 people that show up is all they got. <laughs> they, you know, they certainly don't want to go backwards. It feels like, you know, once they're streaming, the world is royster. So I think even just from a talent comp- you know, uh, perspective, the competition is certainly getting bigger. I think, you know, it, what's really fun is people, the fact that you can watch the content and then you show up to New York City, you go to Exhale at 9 a.m. and Fred is teaching the class or whatever the yeah. case may be. And you could see him and touch him and find him is kind of mind-blowing right like it would be like watching your favorite movie and then just getting to be an actor on the set like you, you know your head would explode if you could do that so I think that's what's really game-changing is that these are real you know in terms of building that community sticky element and people you know pe- making people feel more accountable I think that's really game-changing as opposed to kind of in the old days you know you couldn't you can't find Jillian Michaels you can't find Richard Simmons you yeah. can't get to those people you know they're kind of imaginary figures whereas here it's like you walk in and, and this is the place that you're watching every day I think that's really kind of groundbreaking and exciting for for the fitness streaming market. I, I mean, it's interesting how you're looking at it because some of these other groups like are building up stars to build up a community to sell more products to them. And it seems yep. like you're going, we don't need to do that. We can take the the connectivity that is already there between the people who go to these establishments and know these people yep. and just allow them to continue to be connected to one another, which I think that's drops correct. your risk down a little bit, right? I mean, it would, it totally. seems, yeah. <laughs> totally. yeah. Like, like some of the gyms we're talking to have millions of members and they have mandatory sales goals for their teams of 10%. So if a, a gym with 4 million customers has this mandatory goal that they have to sell the streaming to 10% of members, that's 400,000 customers. Peloton IPO'd with 511,000. So one deal you know, with a big gym, the magnitude is so large from our perspective. You know, they already have these great communities, whereas obviously Peloton has really expensive customer acquisition costs because they are building a new product and a community from the start. So to your point, you know, we're kind of doing it the opposite approach. Obviously, we hope for these gyms to be able to reach even beyond their, you know, uh, initial community. But I think that, you know, it'll certainly, you know, it'll certainly create a little bit more, um, 
excitement in the market and people really up the level of content too, because people are really going to be vying for it. I think I've always seen digital as a means to, and we see this, the gyms always thought it would cannibalize their business. But what yeah. really happens is that people like, you know, maybe you can't pick, go to the gym in the afternoon on three days a week because you're picking up your kid from school or whatever. And so they're actually engaging in the brand more. And so I think now too, what's been great with the virus is that a lot of people tried streaming that would have taken a long time to try it. And I find actually I talk to a lot of venture capitalists, you know, men in their mid 40s and 50s, and they like it because it's really efficient. It's a really good experience. They weren't going to the gym for social reasons right. in the first place. And it's efficient. And they're like, this is actually great. And they're like, you know, just kind of it's better than nothing. Like, right. So I think people thought like they didn't know what they thought and they kind of had preconceived notions. But a lot of people have tried it and now won't go back, you know, backwards. So I think it's definitely, uh, you know, here to stay. And that's how I kind of always envisioned it using not cannibalizing the experience I think of course nothing replaces seeing that you know seeing it in person and studios always thought like you know nobody would come to the studio and in fact I've seen it I live next to Peloton I've seen it there but it was studio was empty at first because they didn't have a community now the studio's doors are blowing down and you can't get in the class it's accessible to the studio right it's people are curious what's going on there so it actually has the opposite effect of what they thought was going to happen nothing's going to replace you know being there in person but for, for most people it's just obviously more time efficient not everybody feels comfortable. Most people don't feel comfortable in going to a class. I mean, most Americans still don't work out. And so that's the most exciting thing for me is I do think streaming is kind of the ideal entry point. You know, most people, if you ask somebody that doesn't work out, when they'll work out, they'll say, well, I got to lose weight first. And I, you know, I got to get fit first. I'm like, no, no, the whole point in the gym is that you go there, you do what you can until, until it gets easier and easier. So I think it is a great entry point for hopefully, you know, the 260 million Americans, which is the most of them that, that don't do anything today. I mean, obviously you're a fitness enthusiast. Did you have a tech background too? Like how did, how did you end up in this space? Yeah, I used to work on Wall. We used to work on Wall Street institutionally trading government bonds. So not not a tech <laughs> background. Although on Wall Street, I was definitely the most tech savvy among the uh, older generation. They thought I was a genius, but now I work with real engineers, and I've come to learn that I'm not a tech genius. And so, you must have been bored I, out of your mind working on Wall Street. Oh my god! I, I can't even believe I, I like we used to just watch the ten-year Treasury note and the options. I'm like, what was I doing every day? Now we have like users write in. They're like, you changed my life i'm like mom nobody told me i made their life better uh, when i worked on wall street like that's certainly the most exciting part of this whole thing is that you know you're working towards something that like literally is making people healthier happier which is so incredible and then my whole life i played sports i was a two-time all-american field hockey player played in the u.s program played for the number one d1 team in college so working out has always been been a huge part of my life so so obviously really excited to build something that you know i'm a big user of the space i feel like that's my superpower against some of the other competitors in this space i don't know that they um you know are in the trenches as deep as i am from from a user perspective <laughs> was that at maryland did you play at maryland I played in Maryland. Yeah. 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 I, I'm, yep. I'm a local. I, I, I grew up in, <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Silver Spring and I actually covered Maryland's field hockey championships a couple of times. So we That's may have awesome. crossed paths at some point. Um, all right. I'll, awesome. I'll let you go with this. I'm curious about this one too. So every day there is a mountain of new content that is created in this industry, Correct. like a million. Yep. Is there any value in it or, or is it, does any of it have any evergreen value to the gyms that you're working with? 
So that so what we found actually, which was really interesting, because it doesn't show the importance of live streaming from the data, but the users don't want to watch the class a second time. So like in the old days, you had a tape, you watch the same thing over and over, you memorize the words. Now they want to, they don't really want to watch a class again because why would they? It's like they have Netflix, they're not going to watch like basic cable. So, so that so they want to have new content, even though the class is the same class. You know, you're still kind of doing the same workout, but there's just different people. It's different. They're you know the the story of the instructors building maybe they moved now they're unpacking you know they're telling a saga as they kind of go on so I think that's been interesting from a streaming perspective like learning that the live is important because people just want new fresh content um, I think then you know people are also really what we've seen now because of the virus which is really unique is that they people do even though there's like celebrity instructors right that, that have millions of followers people do want to see the one that they know and go to and feel comfortable with so that's actually been pretty interesting because you know, it, most people thought that everyone would be driven to, you know, the Jennifer Aniston of instructors, whatever, the, the main, you know, the big celebrity, but people are actually really wanting to see their own local instructors. So that also bodes to kind of the thesis that we have that, you know, people want to see their community. So this is a really unique time that, you know, the community can't go to the gym. So, so that I thought was really interesting because I wasn't sure if people would just all hop on the bandwagon of the big, you know, people that have digital apps or what. And, and it seems to be that people are following their community, the people that they already know. And, you know, they want to see the members that they normally see. So I thought that was pretty interesting, even though there are probably better instructors out there. They like the ones that they're used to. One final thing. I'm just curious. Um, yep. Do you think people are going to go back to the gym after all of this? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the gyms don't think people are going to go back to the gym. I, I, I certainly hope people go back to the gym. I hope that everybody can stay in business. I, I know I've lost all the calluses on my hands from not working out. I become very delicate now. I certainly want to go back to the gym. I definitely think it's, um, you know, people are going to be scared. I think there was a recent poll that said 50% of people definitely won't go back. So I think there's some, some numbers out on that. That said, the gyms that have opened, um, they are opening at, you know, 25% capacity, which is obviously very low and they're sold out for months in advance. So there are enough occupants to fill the current occupancy at this point. But I do think, you know, the gym, a lot of the gyms I talk to, they, they think that streaming is now a forever part of the routine, which is sort of the way I had always envisioned it just because, that's the beauty part of technology. Like, they, you know, they said it's efficient. They can do it with their family, which is fun instead of having to disappear. I think a lot of people think that this will now be a greater part of, of, you know, the membership in general. So even once people go back, it'll sort of be a blended, a blended world as opposed to one way, all or nothing, you know, uh, all or nothing basically, which I think is, is kind of was my thesis all along. You know, for me, some days I go to the gym, some days I run outside, some days I take a class, like the consumer is doing a lot of things and the gyms were really rigid. They didn't want to, they didn't want to accept that. And I think this has forced them to accept that and, and evolve. You know, I always used to have to threaten the gyms in our meetings. I'm like, do you want to be like Blockbuster? Because Blockbuster didn't want to break their land leases and huh. they could have invented Netflix, but they didn't because they thought they, you know, they, they just could keep sitting there and they didn't. And so I'm like that you're watching this happen. Like Peloton is, is showing that, that this is a great experience and people are loving it. And you need to offer both of these experiences because the consumer, like, you know, most gyms didn't stream until recently. And now I, and, and the digital data is showing that 
80% of the people were streaming at something. So I'm like, if you're not streaming, they're doing somebody else's content because they don't have access to yours. So, you know, I think they were kind of fighting what the evidence was, the, the data that was finally coming out was showing. And so this has really forced a reset that I think ultimately is going to save a lot of them and, yeah. and help them adapt when they weren't really I, wanting to. Yeah, maybe the smaller <laughs> brick and mortar ones were just scared. They said, we're, we're going to drive people away from our businesses if we stream. That's why we don't want to do yep. it. And yet it was actually the exact opposite and they've come around to it. Correct. And now they realize. Correct. Lauren found us, the founder and CEO of Forte. Thank you so much for joining us, Lauren. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. On the next Future Sport Podcast, there is tech inside the gym that is helping teams become elite. So we squatted much lighter in season than we ever have consistently. And we saw our power numbers considerably going up. Basically, our guys were getting better and moving a similar weight faster as the season went on. That's Jeremy Jacobs, assistant strength and conditioning coach of the national champion LSU football team. He and Perch founder Jacob Rothman will discuss the latest in modern training. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com.